0: Hey, it's Jaden.
1: And Melissa. And Christy. We're, We're the co founders of Launchers, Launchers Academy. Academy.
0: And we help dropshippers become successful by providing the most relevant e commerce strategies.
1: You're tuning into the Launchers Academy podcast experience, where you learn all the ins and outs of how to build your very own successful dropshipping store.
0: So kick back, take lots of notes, and let's make money this year. How to find winning products, winning products, winning products. This is the overly most talked about topic when it comes to dropshipping. But more importantly for you listening, it's the most important thing that you should be focusing on because without that winning product, without that great product, it doesn't matter how great your store is. It doesn't matter how great your Facebook or any marketing campaign is. Um, It doesn't matter how great your content is because it all revolves around this product. And if it's not a great product, you're just wasting your time and money. So with this episode, as it says, how to find um, winning products, we're going to go over pretty much our little quick uh, hacks and strategies of how you can really bypass the process process, um, and more importantly, be on your way to find a winning product. And honestly, this is something that not a lot of uh, materials um, are talked about on there on the free YouTube and the Google and stuff. So this is where you're actually going to get real advices and strategies so you can find that winning product. So... We're going to go over a couple of things here and I'm going to let Melissa here kick it off is what are some things that we can help the person listening today to help themselves find a winning product in dropshipping?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, the number one thing before you even think about finding a winning product is really making sure that you are doing enough product research to validate the demand for your product. So, I'm going to dive quickly into one tip out of the seven step system that we share to our students, but I'm only going to share one and drop one value bomb right here right now. Um, So, the biggest one that we would say is using Google Trends. And I alluded to this a little bit in our previous episodes, but not diving you know, in depth of what it is. But today, we are definitely going to dive in depth here. So what you can do is because as I mentioned previously, you want to make sure that you are validating the actual demand for your product to make sure people are searching for this niche as well as this product before you spend a single dollar on advertising. How you would be able to do this is going to Google Trends. And in the search filters, you're going to select country as the United States. Why? is because the United States is the best representation of a buying market. Next, you're going to select the past 90 days. Why 90 days? is because you only care about what is actually currently happening right now. The third filter is filtering for shopping. And the reason why you filter for shopping is because you only care about what people are actually purchasing over the past 90 days. Now, the last Last uh, filter, you can just leave it as default, which is the web search. And after having these four filters on, what you're going to do is you're going to start searching for singular terms of either your niche area or keywords that surround your product. For example, if we are selling a product in the beauty niche, what I want to make sure is number one, that the beauty niche products are actually something that people are searching for. So people are actually searching for products in beauty. So I would search up beauty and look at the trending of the graph. When you look at the trending of the graph, you want to make sure that for the past 90 days, it's somewhat going upwards. So it's not something that's just, you know, It had a lot of interest at the beginning of the 90 days, but right now at this point, no one's searching for it anymore. So you want to at least make sure that the graph is trending upwards, um, as well as the very end point of the graph, which is the current day, it is above the interest of 35. And overall, in the entire graph, you want to make sure the majority of the time it's above the interest of 50. Now, when you start searching these keywords, another thing to keep in mind is you want to start off from an umbrella keyword, which was which would usually be the niche surrounding the actual product. And then you start diving and narrowing down further on the product itself. Let's say I'm selling a LED beauty device. And an LED beauty device basically has a lot of different lights, like red light, green light, blue light, that tackles different areas of your face and makes you uh, you know, get rid of your acne marks, your blemishes your pores, and etc. So what you wanna start doing as you narrow down further is look to see if people are looking for this device. So for example, I would probably search LED light therapy, something like that, and synonyms revolving around that. However, making sure that it's only a singular keyword that you're using, because the moment you start using two keywords or even three, what's gonna happen is a lot of the keywords and the narrows is gonna be decreased so much that it doesn't give you good data anymore. So remember for this step, it's very important that you only use one singular keyword.
0: Cool, I love that. Um, any, anything else we can uh, throw on top of that for the Google Trends as well?
2: Yeah, so I mentioned, you know, making sure that the graph itself is trending upwards um, and that majority of the time, at least half of the time, it's above the interest of 50. At the end point, it's above 35. So those are the key points that you want to remember when you are looking at this graph.
0: Awesome. I love that. And if you didn't catch that, go back and listen to it again because this is super important. Now, this is only, you know, one step of the six uh, steps here um, that we do teach um, pretty much the people that we do work with um, in terms of finding a winning product. But it's also a great step for a lot of um, you listening to start with because really at the end of the day, people, I mean, here's a little misnomer, right? A lot of people think it's as simple as sitting on AliExpress, Google and Amazon, whatever other platforms out there. And then they just type in a bunch of products and hope they'll get something, and that's where they'll find the winning product. Well, it's not like that. You actually don't get away with that. And here's the thing, if you're doing it, what's gonna stop like 15,000 other people in the world or, or even more people to do exactly what you're doing? Because it's completely free, it's what everyone knows. But if it's what everyone knows, how are you going to stand up from the rest of find this winning product? Are you going to spend more hours doing this, where you're going nowhere? Or you're going to find something that actually works, right? And that's important for an actual step to find it. And um, you know, one of the steps that we just uh, pretty much went over, the Google Trends part, it's super important for you to kind of at least validate uh, the first beginnings of you um, diving into the product as opposed to just sitting there and typing a bunch of products, testing it, spending your money, and really going nowhere. So. Just keep in mind once again this is one of the few uh, or many steps sorry um, that we have so and with that being said yeah google trends is a great one now back on the topic of how to find a winning product what's another little piece of advice that you can give here to someone listening there christy
1: yeah. Now, Jaden, last time you mentioned about you know not just focusing on one niche and being open to multiple different niches and testing those out. So when you are looking for a product, um, you can definitely look at some of the hot niches out there right now. And I can drop four of them. Uh, so one of them, uh, Melissa mentioned last time as well. Um, outdoors right now, outdoors niche is really hot because everyone's kind of recovering from the pandemic and they're going outside and they want to see their friends. Um, so any you know any products that are Um, Adding to the fun with within a group or even just anything outdoors that's really exciting and unique. um, Those are definitely some great products to look into. Uh, Number two, uh, I also touched up upon home goods. Those are always uh, really popular and a really hot niche right now as well. For you know, some people are working from home still, um, so they definitely want a space that's comfortable and um, you know really. Uh, relaxing to be in and also decorating their space uh, with some unique products as well. Um, That's definitely one niche to look into too. And then number three is gaming goods. So gaming gear, uh, that one's a really hot niche as well. Uh, There's a lot of unique, cool products out there that are really useful for gamers and um, so there's uh, definitely a lot of products to explore within that niche as well. Um, And then number four would be beauty. Beauty is an evergreen niche, especially um, it's a women-dominated market and you know you want to target women because it is uh, one of the biggest consumption market out there so beauty is always a really great niche to look into as well however you definitely want to be careful in terms of the products that you pick and um, really make sure that the product is unique and helpful and it it, again solves the problem so um, whenever you're looking into these different niches and looking for products within these niche always go back to you know the um, you know uh, making sure that the product is is useful, helpful. um, And we also have a lot of other criteria um, that we teach to our students as well in finding a winning product. Um, So these are some niches that you can look into. They're hot niches and um, definitely keep yourself open to testing out products within these different niches when it comes to starting your dropshipping store.
0: I love it. And you want to just summarize the four niches again in short?
1: Yeah. Number one is outdoors, uh, outdoor products. Um, So products that, you know, you can play within a group or um, anything that's fun to, you know, if you're going hiking or uh, those are products that are really good to have as well. And then number two is home goods. So anything that makes your space more comfortable and, um, you know, you're able to make your your uh, process and time at home more easier. Uh, And then number three is uh, gaming, gaming accessories. Those are really hot as well. Um, There's a lot of cool products out there that people want to uh, get their hands on. Uh, You definitely want to explore the different products there. And then number four is beauty, which is um, always a hot niche, especially for women uh, dominated markets. So those are the four niches you definitely want to look into when you're uh, doing your product research.
0: I love it and and here's the thing what Christy just did and what we're doing for uh, you listening as well is we're giving you a Proper roadmap uh, because it's one thing to just find a product But it's also another to kind of really narrow in your search where because you can spend your entire time to just find products after products after Products in all different areas But sometimes you might be wasting your time because maybe someone else already know what niches are doing well right now So they're only finding products within that niche So they're gonna be a lot further ahead because at least they're focusing on what actually Actively, people want to buy so super important right so what you want to do with what Chrissy just said on those niches there for um, the four different um, industries that you can consider getting into is you know um, get into four of them and really expand your products um, search based on those niches because that's what's actively people are buying it's gonna be a lot easier as opposed to you just pretty much throwing spaghetti at the wall and trying to find every product and any product all right? Because the person that tries to find every single product will be the person that finds no product. So super important to understand. And really that's you know key to being able to narrow in your search and save yourself time. So my um, little tidbit here um, if for product research is how to get you started. So with all the amazing advices that Melissa just went over and also all the amazing advices that Chrissy went over in terms of the niche and also using the Google Trends, that's great. But the bigger question now is like how do you even start your brainstorming to f- you know find these products like you know that's that's a big beast within itself. So I want to kind of give you some advice as if here how you can probably st- uh, you know properly start. So the first thing you can do is go onto a website called ecomhunt.com, so that's e-c-o-m-h-u-n-t.com, sign up for a free uh, basic plan, and basically ecomhunt is a whole database of different products that they update every single day um, that is selling, but they're not going viral or they're on the verge of trending. So what you want to do is look through these products based on the criteria we already kind of mentioned there for you listening, and also based on the niches that we just uh, went over is you're going to pretty much build your, um, your arsenal of products and start running them through and doing your own research. So you can start there. It gives you a whole database. The second thing you can also do is go on Google, type in Amazon finds 2020 and 2021. So what Amazon finds um, is, is basically it's Amazon's whole database based on the whole year of what's been selling really well and what people are constantly engaging with and based on that specific year. So you want to use Amazon's data already that they've already invested and paid for and for you to kind of leverage and piggyback off of. And the only reason why you want to do 2020 and 2021 um, and not the years before that is because really right now we got to be focused more towards what's happening in the world. And that's a pandemic right? COVID-19 is is going to be lingering around for, for the next couple of years here. It's not going to completely disappear. So we want to focus on what people are actively buying because of the current situation. So do we care about 2019, 2018, 2017? Probably not as much as we care about 2020, because now that's more what's in demand based on the fact of, you know, people are stuck at home and all that. So do Amazon finds 2020 and then 2021? Okay, and then the last thing I can also suggest as well is this is super like literally the best thing you could probably do and you're using another platform's data to give you free data to do your own research. So what I recommend you do is go on Facebook, okay? Go on a search bar, type in the uh, type in hashtag dropshipping and then once you type in the hashtag, click the category that says video and then click that. And then what you're gonna do is you're basically going to go through like five or seven different videos. You're going to engage with it, watch like 20 or 30 seconds and five to seven videos. Then after you do so, what you're going to do is you're going to exit the browser and then you're going to open up a new browser and go back into Facebook. And what's going to happen is you're gonna be start, sh- uh, you're gonna basically um, have Facebook start showing you a whole bunch or different job shipping or e-commerce advertisement because what you just did was you basically pixelated yourself. You are now within the pixelated realm of things that because you engage with dropshipping or e-commerce and all those videos that you were you know, watching, you're basically gonna be shown different other people that are advertising products. So what you're gonna do from that is you're going to scroll through your Facebook feed and then uh, basically um, click on a bunch of different product videos or a bunch of different ads, go through the websites for these people that are advertising and you're gonna look through what kind of products they're selling. So that's a great starting point, and basically you just build a whole list of products and run it through the systems, and you know, if they kick out, they kick out. That'd be awesome. So those are a couple of things here of how you can really find your next winning product, and this is something that's not really talked a lot about on YouTube or Google, or you probably don't hear often, or if you did, you probably forgot it. So this is a refresher, but more importantly, no one really looks at products like this, or kind of really go about finding their products like this specifically. And we kind of want to help you find your winning product because going back to what I said in the beginning, it doesn't matter how great your Facebook campaigns or how great your campaigns are in general, how great your store looks, or you know how cool your content is, or how much money you're spending, you can't be spending and investing all your time in the wrong areas and the wrong products. And we want to make sure to really help you kind of start developing the mindset of how to really go about finding these winning products. So you know, with that being said, that's you know a couple of positives here that we're gonna throw at you now. What are some mistakes when it comes to finding a winning product that you foresee there, uh, Melissa?
2: So you know, going through all of this, one of the uh, big mistakes that can come out of product research. So we talked about not doing enough product research in our previous episode, talking about the top three mistakes beginner dropshippers make. But one mistake that Can come out of product research is doing too much research. So, Diving into these steps is great, but also making sure that you are not doing so much research to the point that you're feeling analysis paralysis. That can happen a lot when you start diving into that rabbit hole and start digging deeper and deeper for this one specific product. You want to make sure that you have a balanced approach of going through steps in your own product research system and then making sure that if a product does not work, you skip it and you move on to the next product rather than continuously trying to do more and more research on it and spending so much time on just one singular product. So don't do too much research. You want to make sure that it's well-balanced. Go through a strict product research system. If it does not match the criteria or if the product does not pass, just move on to the next product.
0: I love that. And uh, we're not going to dive so much into, like, this specific, uh, you know, um, answer as I'm going to ask Christy. But another question that, you know, begs to differ, you're probably going to be wondering is, like, how do I know if the product does well or the product is not going to do well? Like, how do I even know? Let's just say I come across product A based on everything that, um, in, you know, that I've been hearing you guys say. I find this product. How do I know if it's something that I should continue with or how would I know based on what? So there's a certain metric that we have in here in our um, that we teach our students, and I'm going to... Let Christy walk in and completely, uh, you know, um, in her viewpoint of how we can really identify whether or not the pro- whether or not we should move on with the product, but don't give away too much, obviously, right? Um, uh, but uh, Christy, when someone finds a product, what's the next step for them? In short, like, how would they be able to verify whether or not this product is good?
1: So I would say that in verifying whether the product or not is good um, is setting up your uh, general store around those products. Um, So instead of, you know, putting together a store that's going to sell that particular product, you definitely don't want to do that. Um, You want to set up a general store where you can test out all these different products to see um, how it's working and then running ads on it when you do launch your store. Um, So that's where, you know, there's a three-day Uh, method that comes along with when it comes to the ad strategy where you're testing out whether or not you know there's um add to carts um within all the three days so when you test out the products and you want to make sure that you know people are actually buying these products buying the product consistently and you're making sales um, on a daily basis uh, that's when you can really tell that it's um you know it's one of the popular products that are making consistent sales Um, so that's what I would say in terms of, you know, making sure that you have a general store that you can test out all these different products and different niches. And then um, making being strict within uh, your ad strategy and when you're launching your product. I
0: love that. And uh, Chrissy just dropped some, you know, golden nuggets there and we're kind of teasing you. Uh, but if you didn't catch that, she's saying testing it and running a three day rule and also starting a general store. Um, first, as well. So, these are also big things that we're going to tackle in the next couple of episodes. But the one thing that I want to emphasize that Chrissy brought up is we do have a specific three day rule set in place that if you're to advertise a product within that three day um, after you spend some money on it, um, but it's basically going to tell you whether or not that you should continue with the product. And here's the other thing, too, you know, since she brought that up and since I'm on this topic here, is you listening, right? You might be under the impression that you're, you're, that you're supposed to spend a lot of money and just kind of keep hoping that if you spend more money that people catch on to it and then people buy. It. That's really not it. There's, you know, the reason why we have a three-day rule and that something that we teach our students here and that we're going to teach you in a later episode of what that three-day rule is and what you need to do to follow so you don't spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars or even thousands to basically realize that the product's not going to work out is basically. You might be under the impression that, you know, you're going to spend money and then you're going to pretty much let it ride for a week or two or even a month. And then, you know, the more money you spend, the more people will get to know the product that you will eventually, you know, hit the hit the hit the trending or pretty much you pretty much have a breakout that you're basically this product is going to sell a lot. It's not like that. It's actually the opposite. Only within a couple of days you'll be able to realize right now this product will do well and we'll kind of dive more into that. But just something I wanted to emphasize as Chrissy brought that up is, yeah, you do want to have a general store, which we'll talk more about, you know, general store versus one product stores or niche store. And more importantly is how you should be testing your products and, you know, what kind of metrics you will follow. Um, so all the great episodes that are coming up and we all, that's why we want to make sure you always tune back. But going back to it is, you know, finding winning products is is going to be like the most said thing and it's it's not easy but it's not so hard as well the the only the what i mean by that is it's only hard if you don't know what you're doing it's really easy if you have some help so whether or not you work with someone it's 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 important to pick up and really understand whether or not that you want to do this yourself with no really, no really no advice to go off of, um, and spend years and you know hundreds of dollars to do it yourself, or would you rather just work with someone? And product research is super important, in the sense that you're really not going to be able to find this winning product by yourself most of the people that we know they've been doing for a while they have an actual system and you know that's why we're going over this for you and um, it's super important to understand and realize hey look you're not going to find winning products by doing this by yourself and not just re- relying on free YouTube and Google Advices going back on a previous episode the top three mistake there um, so yeah you, you know like you can't just rely on the YouTube and the Google so anyways with that being said I'm gonna take a little right turn here products 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 and you know The three of us, Melissa, Chrissy, and I, we've tested hundreds and hundreds of products, right? So I want to kind of give you a little bit more nuggets here. Um, So that way you can at least walk away with more. And we always kind of love, we love giving value. I mean, we can sit here and talk for like hours and hours and (laughs) hours, but uh, obviously we're not. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, after testing hundreds and hundreds of products so far, what is one other piece of advice there, Melissa, you can uh, pretty much impart to, you know, the person listening today based on everything that we haven't, that we have not covered yet?
1: So
2: when I ask, you know, students who just come into the program and they don't have any knowledge about product research, or they have their own product research system, or even talking to, um, you know, people in general in dropshipping and seeing how they find their winning products, one of the biggest commonalities that I found is that they tell me they sit on AliExpress for hours and start searching of different products just to see which one catches their eye and and has that wow factor and now while this is something that you know people can definitely do it's quite inefficient to do so this way because you're going to start finding, you're going to go down into a rabbit hole of just looking for a whole bunch of products that you start thinking that you like and that you're going to look for to add to your product arsenal to test, um, but without actually you know diving into the market demand, uh, what's actually happening in the landscape. So another, you know, wisdom that I would impart so far is when you're thinking about product research and when you're thinking about what products to sell is really thinking about what environment you are in right now, whether that be what is the season that you are in and when you're launching your product. So if it's summer, because it's, as we're recording, this is in June 2021. Um, it's thinking about products that people will be using over the next three months. And then from that angle what are some of the different you know problems that people have as a result of being it being in the summer for example a lot of countries have mosquitoes in the summer and the mosquitoes are only starting to come out now now if the problem is mosquitoes what is you a product that you can sell in order to combat this problem and help people get rid of that um, one of the products that was a winning product over the past you know three or four years was a mosquito LED mosquito lamp. What it does is it basically emits this LED light where it captures, Mosquitoes in its basket because it emits the light, so mosquitoes are actually attracted to it. And once they actually come close to the machine, uh, that's where the machine kind of captures the mosquitoes and kind of kills it. And now, people buying this product have found that a lot of their problems with having mosquitoes around their vicinity, whether that be in their home or even in their patio as they're just sitting, drinking a beer or chilling with friends, uh, they no longer have this problem. So it's thinking about what problem you're able to. solve based on your current environment
0: cool i love that um and you brought up a great point too is solving a problem which i want to dive into here kind of like giving my tidbits here that i haven't talked about right i want to pass the mic to uh christy Um, So you know because we've tested so many products and believe me we tested so many products and give you guys an outline like we actually have someone who just does the product you know research for um, us and we're we're fortunate to have so and they go through like hundreds and hundreds of products so that should kind of give you like a perspective how adamant and aggressive we are with finding products and you should be as well Um, just because you found your one winning product and here's just in hindsight. This is for the future as well, as you're listening, right? In hindsight, it's just because you find your one winning product doesn't mean you should stop. You should always be on the hunt for the next product, for the next product, for the next and the next because most of the winning products at that current time, they they don't have longevity. It's not like you basically find one product and that's going to be the only product you run for the next 10 years. It's not like that. And the best example is like, look at Apple for example, right? Apple, Steve Jobs, Tim Cook, okay? Look, look at what their best winning product is. It's the iPhone, okay? So that's their winning phone. But imagine when they found their winning iPhone, whatever version that was, let's just say it's version four, iPhone four, right? Imagine if this is sold the same thing for the next 15 years. Do you think the iPhone four and that current model and current state is probably gonna sell well? Probably not. People want to get tired, right? But what does Apple do? And why are they like the, you know, the number one biggest company? Why do they make more money than most companies ever do? Well, it's because every single year they come up with a new iPhone. They know they're winning product, but they're just coming out with something a lot better. Some people can look forward to something. So it's the iPhone 5, the 6, the 7, and 8. We're at the point right now, this year, at the recording of today, it's June twenty. 21, right? There's going to be an iPhone 13 soon. In, in literally a couple months, it will be 14, 15, 17, 20, it doesn't really matter. So where I'm going with this is be in the mindset that just because you find your winning product doesn't mean that your conquest is over. That means you have to find another winning product, whether it's the exact same product but something better, or pretty much something related around that specific product that's going to pretty much amplify or make the product better. So, uh, just something I want to point out real quick here is to kind of get in the mindset. It's just not about the win- one winning product. It's about constantly finding multiple winning products. And that's how you build, build multiple winning stores. And also, we have a lot of revenue coming, not from one product, but the whole store itself. So it's just be in that mindset. But anyways, back to it there, Christy. So because we've tested so many products, like hundreds and hundreds of products, and some of them really didn't make it past our systems at all, And really didn't go that far. Um, What are some products that people want to kind of consider stay away from?
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of the types of products that a lot of people want to sell in their stores are massage products. So, um, you know, there's a a lot of different massagers out there, neck massagers, eye massager, uh, so many different massaging products, and it's getting a little saturated in terms of all the different massaging products out there. Um, And also, you don't want to, you know, sell products that are already out there in uh, other big box retail stores um, because you don't want to compete with them um, as... most people will probably be have bought a product from those stores already. Um, So you really want to find products that are unique and again, solving a problem. Um, And of course, there are a couple more in terms of criteria for winning products. Um, But definitely uh, stay away from massage products. Uh, Those ones uh, haven't been working well. And um, I see a lot of students (laughs) when, uh, you know, they're doing their product research, they pick these products because they're like, oh, wow, it looks so cool. Um, Yes, it solves a problem. You know, people, uh, you know, they have painful muscles and uh, the massage, you know, massage guns, those help with that. However, it's just, um, we find that those products are often losers um, and, you know, there's already a lot of them out there. So definitely stay away from, um, you know, massage products. That's definitely one type of product to not sell on your store.
0: What's another one?
1: I think you know with beauty products as well it's it is a hot niche but you definitely want to be really careful in picking beauty products um just because again it's also a very competitive space Um, so there's a lot of beauty products that some students have picked as well and um, those don't wouldn't uh, work quite well because of how competitive it is and again so a lot of these products are already in the big box retailers Um, so when you are finding you know beauty products you want to make sure that you know other stores aren't selling them and then also that again they're unique and they're solving a really um, big problem for people Uh, those would definitely be what you want to look into especially with. Um, beauty um, now also with the beauty niche it can get a little tricky when it comes to running ads so you also want to be careful with that um, just make sure that you know everything is set up and you're following the strategies um, to help you really launch your product successfully especially within beauty um, and being careful when you are doing your product research um, and within this niche as well.
2: So Christy
1: dropped a couple of,
2: you know, golden nuggets just now. And I just want to reemphasize on what these are. So Christy talked about, you know, not selling a saturated product, as well as making sure your product actually solves a problem. So making sure your product actually solves a problem is so important because it's something that's going to add value to someone's life. And as a result of that, they're going to view your product as having a high perceived value. And in shipping, it's all about impulse buying. So the moment that you're able to add value to someone's life and they're able to understand the perceived value of your product, is where you're gonna be able to get that sale from a potential customer. Another thing that Christy talked about was really making sure that it is unique and has a wow factor and it does is not currently being sold in big box retail stores. I think that's very, very important. A lot of students, when they first come to us, they are looking to sell products that are already available in Walmart or Target. Well, how are you going to differentiate yourself as a brand or a company if you're selling the same things that Walmart or Target, which are extremely big brands and have a lot of trust with customers are selling? You're not gonna be able to differentiate yourself. So the importance here is finding a product that you cannot find in a physical Big box store. Um, I think that's extremely important. I just kind of want to reemphasize that. Now, in a previous episode, we did talk about how beauty niche is a niche that you should get into because it's hot. However, what Christy is saying here is making sure that if you are choosing products in the beauty niche, is not something that Sephora is already selling. So it's not like a lipstick or an eyeshadow, which are Products that need brand equity behind it before people actually buy it. But selling unique products that are not available in Sephora's um, or any other of these big beauty stores.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, um, you know, just kind of uh, going back as well, some of the products that you would want to stay away from um, is a lot of, like, iPhone, laptop, or computer accessories. They don't do very well. Um, so stay away from, like, battery packs. Um, stay away from like keyboard accessories, um, uh, pretty much cursors, mouses, um, uh, I, I don't know, laptop fans, the uh, laptop extendable desk or, you know, I don't know, LED lights for the, the desktop or um, the phone chargers or cool little phone screens and uh, stuff like that. Stay away from that. There's people who are doing well at that and that's where they are. But if you were to break into that market, it doesn't really do much. Um, in terms of solving an actual problem, like a lot of people are not actively looking for like laptop accessories and stuff and they're completely when I think of laptop accessories, I think like, uh, you know, like a, a, a white a chalkboard to a nail. You're basically it's just plain, It's dull. It hurts your ears. And it's not something that people are actively looking for to buy. Um, so I would recommend, you know, you listening to stay away from things like that. But um, Kirstie and Melissa brought up something that I also want to point out is there's certain criteria that you want to kind of keep in mind um, when you're looking at these products. And uh, these are criteria that's going to help you guide yourself along the way as you are finding these products. And one of them is solving a problem, okay? So something you got to understand as a marketer, if you never marketed before, if you have no background in business, if you have no background in sales um, or e-commerce, anything like that, one thing that I want you to get to understand is that The only reason why someone would give you their hard-earned dollars is because you are providing a solution to their problem that they finally just want to solve. So if the products that you're looking at does not solve an actual problem, an everyday problem or a big problem for your ideal buyer, they're not going to want to spend their hard-earned dollars. So one of the criteria you want to keep in mind as you're looking for these products is solving a problem like actually solving a problem, okay? I don't mean in terms of solving, and here are the worst niches you can get into, since we're kind of on this topic as well. The worst niches you can get into, and even products, is A, jewelry, B is uh, clothing. And three is sports items, okay? Jewelry for obvious reasons because it's completely overly saturated and there's nothing unique about it. It's not going to make you any different than Tiffany & Cole, Cartier, or Louis Vuitton or any of these big people that are already selling four or $5,000, um, you know, jewelry. So it's, jewelry is the worst thing you can get into. However, you can't get into jewelry if you're going to play in the long term. Anything I'm saying here in these, uh, these categories I'm telling you to stay away from is you can play it If you have enough capital and you're going to be more long-term focused where you're not going to see the money right away. And if you have the capital to build on that, like actually build up a social presence, build up an actual mission, build an actual story, you can probably get away with it. But who's got time for that or money for that? Not a lot of us. So stay away from jewelry. Stay away from clothing. Okay, Clothing really does not solve a problem. So, for example, let's just say that you want to get into selling clothing. You want to sell some yoga pants, okay, and your unique selling proposition is the fact that it makes women look nicer or, um, you know, it really emphasizes a a woman's um, bum, that's great, you know, obviously you want, you know, women buy clothes because they want to look better in it, but what kind of problem are you actually solving? Nothing. And more importantly, what's going to make you different from all the big brands out there that is in the athletic and fitness kind of realm or the yoga realm? That's going to make you any different that can spend a million dollars advertising about their product and their mission compared to you, where you can where you can't even spend a million dollars. So should you sell clothing? Probably not, unless it solves an actual problem, unless it's completely different. And the best example is if you were to find a jacket that when someone wears and when they put it on and they, they heat up, the jacket cools them down. But, or, or another example, too, is that same jacket. If someone gets super cold walking around, that jacket will warm them up, right? That solves an actual problem. It's disruptive, it's innovative. Then you can sell clothing. But if you're just going to sell clothing because you slap your name on it, or you slap, like, a logo on it, or because it looks, it makes a woman look nicer, you're not going to win against all these big brands. And the last thing you want to, not even want to sell is sports equipment. Sports equipment is the worst thing you can really sell. Um, So those are a couple of things I want to point out. But anyways, yeah, so some of the criteria that we kind of want to quickly go over um, is solving a problem. Well, what's another criteria that we can give to the audience here, Melissa, other than solving a problem based on the criteria that we get our students to look at?
2: Well, you know what Christy touched upon already and when I was summarizing her points as well was making sure that this is your product is not in big box retailers. I think that is extremely important. And although I talked about it before, I want to really emphasize that is because when you are selling a product, you want to make sure that it, it, it has a wow factor um, and it's able to capture that impulse buying, which is what dropshipping is, right? The purchasers of your products are going to be impulse buyers because what's going to happen is that they're going to look through your ad, whether that be on Facebook, Instagram, on their feeds, and they're going to see an ad video or an ad image. And that image or video has to capture their attention within the first three seconds of them watching it for them to want to click onto that link, onto your website, and then purchase the product. So it needs to really have a strong wow factor and a point of differentiation, which different the products from all of the other ones out there for you to really have that leverage and for, for the customer to actually buy from you.
0: So essentially unique is what you're saying.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And if they don't sell unique products?
2: Well, you're competing with the Walmarts, the Targets, why are they going to buy from you, right? So you're not going to be able to see the sales and the um, scaling and the consistency in the product. Otherwise, you might be able to sell a few units, but it's not going to be consistent. And it's not going to get you to that $10,000 a month, $100,000 a month mark.
0: Okay, so solving a problem, staying away from the big box big retailers and making it unique. What's another one that, you know, the audience can really consider when they're looking at products there, Christy?
1: Yeah, when I talked about, you know, the beauty niche being a hot niche and because it's women dominated. So definitely when, um, you know, when it comes to picking a product, women dominated product would definitely be really, really good to have. um, Especially with, you know, women uh, being the bigger consumers right now and they're doing a lot of shopping, especially online. uh, So you definitely want to pick a product that appeals to women um, because those are usually a lot of the winning products that we're seeing right now in dropshipping.
0: Now, you're saying woman-specific or woman-focused, can people, there might be a question there, you know, the the person listening is going to have is, um, what if it's not woman-focused and it's kind of like more men-focused, can they still make money with men-focused products?
1: Yeah. So, what you want to do with that is, you know, shaping your product descriptions, the way you're marketing it to um, be for, you know, women buying gifts for uh, their partners, um, for men, and just whenever you're putting together your website and landing pages, um, showing women uh, using the uh, using the product as well. Those are really helpful to um, appeal to women, and and, yeah, shaping around um, your messaging to buying a gift for your you know, your significant other or for your um, family.
0: Yeah. And just kind of add on that. So, you know, I want us to say there to get you to understand as you're listening that, um, yes, we, we are going to encourage you here, the three of us letting you know from experiences that you do want to focus on women-dominated product because women do most spending when it comes to e-commerce. They influence the men's decisions too, right? Um, so yes, you do. you're going to make a lot more money if you're to sell woman-focused uh, or woman-dominated products, but that doesn't say that you cannot make money with men-focused products. It's just that you're going to make a lot more money selling women products, right? So, Uh, I'm just going to point it out there to kind of give you listening a head start in terms of finding your winning product. So just kind of, you know, summarize everything up It's like, you know, of all the tips that we've given you, the criteria is also going to be super important as you're venturing out to find your products. And those criteria is pretty much going to be your roadmap and your guide as you're going through the millions of products that you see and you're going to say no to because you are going to say no to a lot of these products and then also being very cautious for the ones that you do say yes to and these criteria criteria for you to look back on it's going to be super important so what are those criteria? one solves a problem b it's not in a big box retailer and it's got to be super unique and also three is that it's woman dominated what women will buy because once again women do most of the e-commerce spending and uh, you know funny enough they're going to basically get their partners that are men to buy for them and there are people like that so you know the those are the three criteria. I'm gonna give you a fourth one here, and this is super important to know. Is another criteria you want to keep in mind as you're looking for a product is that it is that it saves money. If there's a product out there that can literally make someone's life easier, solves a problem, but also save money as well, if you're to use it, it's super important. So, you know, for example, um, the best example I can give you is like, would you rather use 15 different straws or would you rather just use one straw as a resu- reusable straw? Probably the one reusable straw because A, you only have to buy one, and B is you don't have to buy another, and C, Basically, you're helping the planet, right? You don't have to buy multiple of the same item that can be just reusable. So when it comes to saving money, this is also super important. So that's another criteria that you wanna kinda look at as you're finding products. If you're able to help someone solve a problem, if you're able to help someone save money, it's unique. And also more importantly, um, is that, um, I'm losing my train of thought here. Whoa. Woman dominate, Yeah. Woman dominated, right? Yeah. You're, you're going to be on the precipice of finding a really great product. So, you know, as, as we can just sit here all day long and talk about how to find your winning product, right? We want to kind of get you to fish because in life, it's better for you to learn how to catch your own fish than really for someone to give you a fish all the time. So we hope you take all the notes. Um, I took a lot of notes actually for all the nuggets that we've been dropping here to help you find your winning product. But I just wanna kind of say one more thing and I'll get Melissa and Chrissy to chime in here um, as we're coming to wrap is Really, at the end of the day, finding your winning product is not gonna be easy. You have to be super patient with this. And uh, the only way it's gonna be easier is if it you help along the way. So if you're an individual right now sitting there, you're listening, John, Mary, you know, uh, whoever, that you're listening for wherever in the world, let me just say something to you, especially for those that are not at the you know stage of financially or whatever the case may be, to invest into getting proper help. I'm going to speak out to you specifically that are willing to do it yourself. Being uh, patient with product research is so important because you're not going to come across, you know, that winner so soon, especially because you are still trying to figure this out yourself. So having the sheer patience and actually going through and and really um, uh, documenting your journey and also having proper systems and processes in place is going to be super important, but more importantly for yourself mentally. So the sheer patience behind finding your winning product is gonna be super important for you to really kind of have the motivation to keep going because it may not be your fifth product, it may not be your 17th product, it may not be even your 40th product, and that's scary. Like, you go through 40 different products, it doesn't it doesn't pan out. That's the reality of it, especially when you're doing it yourself. So my little quick, uh, you know, t- another little tip for you is having the sheer patience to kind of keep going through products at a very fast speed. Now, what's another quick tip that we can give there, Melissa, you know, um, because we kind of gave a lot here, but so, so much more on a spiritual side and kind of setting expectations for, you know, success and not setting expectations for failure is what kind of mindset that we should get, um, you know, the person listening today have how to go through this as they're finding their winning product. So for me, it's sheer patience and just being completely, um, you know, patient with the process and that you're not going to find your winning product tomorrow or next month.
2: For me, it would be having the mindset that this is going to be a process and it's all about testing. So understanding that this entire process is just about how fast you're able to test your products and go through different products. And then making sure that you pass through the product research system. So we gave a lot of golden nuggets in this episode of what you should be looking for, you know, using Google Trends as one tool that you can use to validate the market as well as the product. So taking a lot of those notes down and making sure that your product is passing through these different steps that we gave you, as well as any other steps that you have in your own product research system, because we only dropped, you know, a couple of tips and we're not going to share our entire system here um, in this podcast. However, just making sure that you understand that this is a process where you need to test and having that mental mindset that it's all about the testing and it's okay if you don't make sales on the products that you test uh, and knowing that it's going to be a process is the biggest thing.
0: Awesome. I love that. So patience and process. What's another one that you can throw in there, Christy, just kind of setting people up for the proper expectations?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say um, definitely having consistency. So always going into, you know, your product, uh, your list of products and continuously adding to it. Um, again, what Melissa mentioned, continuously testing it, um, making sure you also go back to, you know, some of the products previously just to double check that as well um, while you're, Test, you're continuously testing and adding additional products. So just having a lot of consistency and always, um, you know, going back and reviewing different products um, and continuously adding to it, um, that really keeps up the momentum through the product research process
0: love that and i want to share the th- uh, three p's that i just that, that i just randomly come up with and i come up with a lot of funny stuff here here and there um so the three p's i randomly just came up with and i'm gonna kind of break it down here in short um and this is something that um, this is what we went through in our journey as we're finding winning products and super important to understand and i'm gonna share here with you so at least you have it and this is something that you should probably write on your wall if you want to you know do drop shipping the right way just write the three p's okay so the three P's. This is what you're going to need to understand. Okay, the first P um, is perseverance. The second P is going to be um, process, and the third and the last P is going to be um, uh, promotion. So uh, the first P with perseverance is like going back to it, having the patience, right? I guess it literally the it could be P is the first P can be patience or perseverance, but perseverance as in like just not giving up to keep going there and to find that winning product and. At the end of the day or the best piece of advice that I ever got as well amongst the many of um, amongst the many amazing advices I got was that you know sometimes success is right around the corner but most people just give up before they cross that corner and that's true to anything in business is that if you give away too soon but it, um, you don't see and reap the you know benefits and reap what you sold um, so just having the perseverance to keep going. The second one is process. Like Melissa was saying that, you know, you need to be able to have something that you can follow over and over. It's not about doing something new. It's not about reinventing the wheel. It's not about trying to do this and that all the time. It's about following something that works and sticking to it. And if if, if it doesn't work, make improvements, but not constantly trying to do Every, um, you know, everything new or trying to constantly come up with something new all the time, it's about following an actual process. So, for example, with the Google Trends that Melissa brought up, it's something that we follow regardless if we already tested over 10,000 products. It's something that we still follow, we'll make improvements along the way, but it's about having a pro- proper uh, process set in place to constantly follow because it's about automating things, okay? Not manually constantly doing something new. So that's the second P and the third P is understanding the promotion bit as well. So to help r- you really um get that winning product to, you know, make you hundreds and hundreds of dollars and understand the promotional side of things, which will kind of go more into as we're going to talk about, you know, advertising campaigns and stuff and, you know, promotional content. But just having the promotional uh, side of things so you can understand how to properly um advertise your product is super important because it's one thing to find a winning product, but it's also another thing um, to really put together something, a uh, great campaign to really get eyeballs on it and really market it so people can understand the true benefits of it and have them incentivized and also, motive, uh, you know, motivated to buy your product. So those are the three P's you want to kind of live um, with as you are going through your dropshipping journey and also finding your winning product. So... The three P's, to summarize uh, uh, back again. Um, the first one is perseverance, don't give up, okay? Way before you know you should become successful, so don't give up too soon. And then the uh, second P is process, so following something you know to a T every single time. Don't try to reinvent the wheel every single day. Um, and also the last one is promotion. Um, understand how to properly promote it, understand how to advertise it, because a winning product cannot go anywhere if there's no eyeballs on it. That old saying is that if you build it, people will come. You know, it's 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 a misnomer. No one's going to come anywhere if you don't actually market it. So anyways, with that being said there, those are our tips when it comes to winning products. That's that's it for me. Is there anything else you want to kind of uh, leave to the person listening to there, Melissa, before we kind of wrap up?
2: Just keep testing different products and eventually you will reach your winning product, which is going to help you scale. And it's going to be textbook from that
1: point.
0: Love it. Anything for you there, Christy?
1: Uh, be strict and follow the process, uh, make sure that your product is going through each step of, you know, the, the methodology and uh, making sure that, again, it's unique and solves a problem, uh, women dominated, um, following all that criteria when you are picking your product.
0: Awesome! I love that. And what was one quote that kind of helped you, or kind of summarize? Um, you know what you what we had to go through for yourself. You know, you know, on the side there. What is one quote that you would say to yourself as we're going through this journey, so we wouldn't give up? Anything that comes to mind, Melissa?
2: Well, the only word that keeps coming to my mind right now is something that one of our mentors when we first started said to us is making sure that you are consistent and be obsessed with e-commerce. When you're obsessed at something, you're going to get good at it, whether you start from completely zero knowledge from the ground, or if you have a little bit of knowledge, but as long as you have the mentality of keeping to be consistent, keeping on improving every single day, then eventually you are going to get so good at this that you'll start to be teaching other people uh, in this process and making a difference in their lives.
0: Love it. And for you, Christy?
1: I would say, um, don't you know, don't marry the product, <laughs> uh, especially when you're doing your product testing. You want to keep on testing. So if you're finding that the product isn't you know going well, you definitely want to let it go and continue on to the next product. So don't you know stick to um, you've, you've, the product that you you believe it's going to work out, but it's actually not working out.
0: that. don't marry the product. Yeah, so Lada. don't don't just focus on one product. But that's only for products, though, right? If you're gonna marry someone. You- you know, do the best you can to just stay with one partner. Don't don't go through multiple different partners. Okay. That's a different yeah. that's a different uh you know perspective. But when it comes to testing products, don't marry one specific product because there are gonna be hundreds of other products out there that will do well. So if you are constantly focused focused and fixated on one product, it's going to really put you at risk because you know, there are all the 100 products out there that if you don't get on it fast enough, you're going to lose all your chance. So I love that. Don't marry the product. The only thing that I will say, the quote that kept us going, and it's a quote that is going to keep you going. And more importantly, it's a quote that I tell all of our students and to be in the mindset of is that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to become successful. So I'll say that again. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you become successful, so you can use that in all different areas of dropshipping. It's not if I find a winning product, it's when I find a winning product. It's not if I create a great store, it's when I create a great store. It's not if I I can run and put together a great Facebook campaign, it's when I can put together a great Facebook campaign or any kind of campaign. So be in that mindset. It's not if you're going to become successful at this, it's when you become successful then when you when you say when when you think when then you're more long-term oriented you're not so constantly sucked up in the short-term side of things and the instant gratification so not if but when so with that being said go out there guys and crush it and find your next winning product and tune into the next episode did you enjoy this episode
2: if you did wish we believe you did as we dropped a ton of value Support us by giving us a five-star rating.
0: That's five stars, not three, not four, but five stars.
1: Also, we'd love to hear from you, so please leave your comment below. And we'll be sure to get back to you. Take care, and until next time.